Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. Oh, this new crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm... Well, holy shit, that was crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show presented by TLR Coatings. We're back. Justin decided to show up this week, which is fantastic. I I am to please the people. Yeah. So, anywho, so we're here in studio. Um, make sure to follow us, like, subscribe everywhere. And new thing, which some of you might have seen, some of you might not have, we have a podcast. It is available on iTunes and SoundCloud right now, and maybe other platforms soon, but those are the two I'm on right now. So if you don't have time to watch the YouTube videos or don't want to, you want to just listen to what we talk about, you can do that. And it does work. I have listened to it. Is it pretty clear? It's not bad. No, no, it's not bad. I mean, I Steve did... Mathis, we're coming for you. No. No. About five years. Give us, like, 20 I'm not going to be doing this with you in 20 years. Why not? What else are you going to do? We don't have anything else to do. <laughs> well, this is literally all we have to do. You're just projecting when we're in our late 40s and early 50s from now? Yeah. All right. Duh. So, um, anyway, uh, like I said, make sure to uh, subscribe on here. Follow us on Facebook if you want to. You can follow me on Instagram. Again, lots of moto stuff going down on that. Um... There's also lots of different ways in the description that you can support us monetary-wise. I'm not going through all of them. If you want to, there's stuff like t-shirts, Amazon, all that kind of crap down there. So you can go ahead and click any of those. We do have a new Patreon. Uh, Phil? Phil? I don't remember his name's over there somewhere. Um, from Australia. Actually, you know what? I can look it up real quick here. Uh, okay, this is where you would talk. Um, I don't know what you want me to say, man. Um, so, okay, so we're wrapping up, uh... Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek. It was muddy. Like a creek. Worst track of the year. Oh, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. I was like, man, if we start traveling with the, with the circuit during the summer, I don't know that I really want to ride High Point. That didn't look like a lot of fun to me last week. Uh, well, that was a little bit. They, oh, they, they even admitted they overwatered the piss out of that. And Muddy Creek doesn't look like a lot of fun to me either. Muddy Creek is just really, really narrow. Uh, it makes it hard when everybody, if you get a shit start, or especially when you're coming through the pack, when guys are starting to fade a little bit, things get bunched up. You can't really square off corners and stuff. Um, transitions really aren't that long. There's really no separation there. Um, it's one of those things where it's not wide to the outside of the corners and stuff, but there's not a huge transition where you can really separate yourself. The guy's name is Philip, our new patron on Patreon. Thank you, Philip. I will try to get you something out of the mail here, but because you're in Australia, Australia, I have to, uh, figure out shipping. So anyway, uh, okay. Anywho, anywho. Uh, we're continuing. Oh, we're, we're uh, yeah, it's just one of those tracks that does, doesn't really flow. Like I said, really narrow, not a lot of places to make passes and stuff. Um, you're just kind of basically forced in to stay tight in the corners and the main line. I mean, even the main line really, once the inside rut gets blown out and the main line gets pushed out, it really only gets pushed out like a few feet because, you know, like I said, it's one of those things where there's not a huge transition where you can really separate yourself going to the outside of corners. You just have to push out so far. And, you know, like I said, it's can't really get the bike really planted coming off jumps and stuff to get a good drive going into corners. And then you have sections where, like after uh, that, I don't know, I guess I would call it a floater where you jump into the uh, first turn. It's one of those things where it's super wide to the outside, but there is no transition rolling in. So you almost have to go to the outside to get a good drive because if you stay tight in the corners, you're just, you're, going like 10 miles per hour so it's just it's a crit it's a shitty track everybody hates it it's like i said it's too narrow for a pro national and there's a reason why it's probably from what i've heard i think it's only going to be there next year and then it's probably going away and they're going to find another track somewhere in the midwest all right great let's go to monster mountain i'd love to go to monster mountain to live there it's awesome so anywho um yeah i didn't i i don't i don't care for the track either no, you're it's not, I, not my favorite. I honestly, even the, the first, that first like two, that first 250 moto was a prime example of. There was 
was no passing. Oh, yeah, and we'll get into that when we talk about yeah. how some of the guys finished in the first moto comparative to the second moto. Yep. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was terrible. It's it's one of the, in my opinion, it's the worst track of in the Nationals, plain and simple. It really is. I mean, I know some people say, oh, Hangtown, it sucks because the dirt's terrible. Some people don't like Glen Helen because of the layout. Some people don't like Southwick because they don't like the sand. But in my opinion, like I said before, I've been to most of these Nationals. Muddy Creek is the, out of doubt, the worst track, period. Yes. So I yeah. I still don't understand how they got a national. I really don't. I mean I would even say that Paula and Elsnor are better than Muddy Creek. You can't have twelve races. And it doesn't even have good dirt, which most of the time when you go into the southeast, you know, you really get that you either get red clay or that really loamy base when you rip it because the clay is so good. Yep. But uh even this track, it's I mean, you could clearly see in practice they even tried to add sand to a lot of the places and they just didn't know how to work it incorrectly. So yep. it's I don't know, it's a shitty track. It's it terrible. Is. It is. So anyway, um, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's move on to 450s here. All right, 450s. The streak continues. We're alive. Well, the streak continues of overalls, not wins. Well, yeah, duh. Yeah, duh. So it doesn't really matter. Like he's in. Who really cares if he win? If he ends up winning overall, every, every overall, it still doesn't matter because he either win every moto. So I know that Weed made 12, a comment 12 about twelve for twelve is still pretty good. Yeah, but you can't really put in uh, the pantheon of all the you know Carmichael and Stewart of going twenty. Wasn't now. trying to, but twelve for twelve. Well, maybe good. we're not, but like you know, how those some of those people are there. Whoa, you know, like, he didn't win every moto, but he won every overall. Well, it kind of takes away from the luster a little bit. You well, know yes. what I mean? If you don't go, but yes, the streak continues and stuff. And yeah, are we looking at a? Dominant Eli Tomac now. Has no, because finally, wouldn't dominant finally figured it out. Because wouldn't no, because wouldn't dominant imply that he just is annihilating everybody? Well, when I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. We talked about it a little bit last night in the group text. Yes, but I think when I think of dominant, I think of Stewart and Carmichael's 24-0 season, or yes. even Kenny in 2016. Yes, like this. Don't get me wrong. This is a completely different Eli. Like, th this is, you know, you even have it wrote down, and we talked about it yesterday kind of at length. He is super calculated and stuff. But, it like, we realized quite quick in a hurry, that first moto high point, that even with Eli's newfound sense of patience and methodicalness, that he's not invincible. No. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I I am... I, all the credit in the world to him. We even talked about it. Like, you know, we sounded stupid on the previous show calling Baggett, which clearly Baggett is not even as good as last year. Nope. Because I think last year Baggett was ten times better. You could almost say that even Hurt Baggett might be a little bit better than this Blake Baggett. Yeah. Because, I mean, even Hurt Blake Baggett didn't get dropped by Eli coming through the pack. Like, Blake would at least put up a fight. Like, they were making that big thing the second moto. Like, holy crap, like Eli and Blake. And I think Blake lasted a whole lap before yeah. Eli went around him yep. and put 30 seconds on him. So it's yeah. like, but... No, give all give Eli all the credit in the world. This was the guy that we were hoping would show up all these years ago after the 2015, and um, oh, I guess some people would say right after the 250F, the last championship in 13 when him and Kenny went back and forth. But I don't know about dominant, because I mean Marv is clearly on his level now for whatever reason. Well, for whatever yeah. reason, Marv. I don't know if it was the break, if he just didn't like literally was not riding any outdoors till after Vegas. And then he just jumped on an outdoor track and did, you know, a couple 30s and some sprints and then said, hey, let's go to the Nationals or, you know, that week off really helped him or whatever. But clearly, like, I I know people will say, well, oh, you know, Eli got that a bad start, you know, the second moto and stuff and worked his way through the third. But let's be real. I mean, I guarantee there were some people thinking, oh, crap, with the way Barsha's riding, you know, maybe he'll have something for Marv. No. I thought it. I thought it. I was in that boat. I thought no. Mark dropped his we ass. See. Yeah, he did. He I mean, did. And, and he pretty much had the same amount of gap that Eli had on Barsha the first moto. Yep. I mean, what was it? it was hovering around 12, 13 seconds for a good portion of the moto. Yep. Then you could clearly tell that Marv just said, "Nay, you know, there's no way he's catching me." But I mean, yeah. So I'm. I get what you're saying, and I, I agree that he, this is a different Eli. But dominant, I don't know because I don't. I don't. I still don't think he's going to win every overall. I really don't. I mean, there's a lot of tracks coming up that, you know, Marv's good at. I mean, maybe not the Wicks next week, and we'll get into that at the end of the show. But, I mean, everybody forgets these that because of him winning the championship last year, they think that he's super good at these tracks. Eli never won Muddy Creek up until last year, or mm -hmm. up until this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Eli's won the Wick. Eli has only won Red Bud one time on a 450. Um, you know, then we're going to go to Millville. Eli has only won Millville one time in 2014. So it's like, you know, I think that some of these people get kind of 
caught up in the Eli, like, hey, because he's had dominant performances in these places. I mean, we're going to Unadilla and you know, at the end of the year where Eli has never won on a 450. Okay, but what about dominant in the sense of a Ryan Dutchie dominant where he knows now that he's got a points lead, he mm -hmm. doesn't have to win every single race, which we saw yesterday yep. in that second moto, and he just starts clicking off podiums because, let's face it, we all know he's top three fastest dude here yeah. oh, this yeah. year at this point. So he just starts clicking off podiums, and at the end of the year, wins the title by 57 points. Well, and it's like... Because a, yeah. he's clicked it off like that, you know? Well, and it's like we talked about last night. We're in a situation where even if Marv was to go out and, you know, split moto wins with Eli the rest of the year, it wouldn't matter because yep. he's too he was too far in a hole. Yep. And I still stand by what I said last night, that even taking out Eli going 1-1 to Hangtown, because that was probably going to happen no matter what, I don't see this points being in double digits had this Marv shown up at Glen Helen and Thunder Valley. Eli was going to probably win Hangtown 1-1 no matter what because that's yeah. just that's just Eli's track. It's like with Zacco at Hangtown. That's yep. just his track. He's dialed in there. But like I said, I think if this Marv would have showed up at Glen Helen and Thunder Valley, we would have a single-digit point gap between those two. Maybe it'd be 10 points, but I can't imagine that it would be over 10 points if this Marv would have showed up. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I think that Marv is – you know what? I'll be the first one to admit it, that I was wrong about Marv. I told you last night, and I even said it, I thought that after Thunder Valley, with the way he rode and got dropped, that Marv was going to start going backwards, and maybe Kenny and Barsha and all those guys were going to start passing him, and he might not even be on the you know podium at the end of the year in the points. But this Marv is clearly showing that last year was not a fluke. Mm -hmm. you know. And had Marv got to start in that first moto, I think we actually would have had a good race. Because Marv was coming through the pack, yeah, his lap time was off, his fastest lap, because he didn't have a clear track, but... His consistency was right on par with what Eli and Marshall were running up front. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I don't like Marv. You know that. Everybody that watches the show. But, I mean, I, I think I've gotten to the point that I've learned to stop doubting Marv. Because every time I start to doubt him, he makes me look like an idiot. He makes both of us look stupid. Because we're in the same boat. He does, yeah. I mean, Marv, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's just because we look at how old Marv is and how long he's been doing this since he started, you know, because he went pro at age 16. Yeah. Won two GP championships at a really young age. We just think of him that, okay, eventually it's going to, Father Time's going to catch up to him. But he consistently proves, like, anybody that doubts him, like, hey, man, maybe I'm never going to win a championship, but I'm damn sure one of the fastest dudes in the world. Yeah. I mean, we were looking at a point there where we thought, what, Kenny was probably going to be the only one. Dude, Marv is on another level from where Kenny is right now. And I know Kenny's going through some tendonitis, and I think it's worse than everybody thought, but hopefully he just makes it through the year. And I still think maybe when we go to, like, Washougar or Unadilla, he can get a win. But, dude, like, anybody that says Marv's not on Eli's level after just watching these last four motos is just that they don't like Marv because he clearly is. Yeah. Well, and it's like I said with Kenny, I said in the group chat yesterday, I think as we get farther into the year here, mm -hmm he might stand a better chance of winning at this point. Because, yep. A, like we said, he's dealing with tendonitis, which nobody really knows how bad it is, but we think it's worse than what it originally was. And so they changed that suspension on his bike, To right? KYB. Yep. yep, he was riding show. Yep, and so I think they're still figuring that out. Mm. Now, I heard an interesting thought from Jason Thomas last week of, like, well, when he was riding... There were they would get to points with certain suspension and you couldn't go any farther with it. No, you can't. So maybe that's what it was because a lot of people are like, well, why would you change suspension middle of the year like that when you're you know a podium guy? Mm -hmm. But if you couldn't go any farther with it, then he changed it so that he could go farther with it. But sometimes you got to take a couple steps back to move steps forward. So I think that's what they're doing with it at this point. At least I hope. Um, and yeah, I I think by the end of the season because everyone else will be starting to get burned out. Nope, it's the end of the year. Like whatever, I'm over it. I think then we might stand a chance. I think the problem is that if the tendonitis, and I agree, with, I didn't hear that exactly, but that doesn't surprise me. And once again, you got to think that he, because he is still compensating with his upper body, that maybe they switched to KYB because the internals were a little bit different than what they can offer from Showa. Because Kenny's so super smooth, so he already has plush. For somebody at his level, it's considered plush. You know, most of these guys run stiff suspension because of how fast they are, but his would be even more on the plush side, just really smooth as it pushes through the stroke and stuff because he doesn't use a lot of energy on the bike. So maybe that's why they did it because they just, hey, KYB offers some different things that Showa can't. And who knows? Maybe next year he goes back to Showa because that's all he'd ever run was Showa suspension other than when the KTM days. But I think the problem is, is if this tendonitis really is a big issue, you're talking about the next two tracks are two of the roughest tracks of the year other than Unadilla. Yep. And you, it's really hard to think that it's going to be any better the next two rounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's really he's good at Southwick because he grew up riding in the sand, but he's really good at Redbud. I'm going to have a hard time thinking if that tendonitis is that bad, 
he's going to stand it. He, I can't think that he's going to stand a chance at either of these next two races. Because then we have a break after Red Bud going into Millville. Yeah. But, I mean, come on, man. If it's that bad at these last couple tracks where it's just choppy and twitchy rough, you're talking about going in with two-foot-deep cuffed-out spots and three-foot-tall braking bumps, it's it's going to be rough. I really do. I think Southwick maybe not as bad because it's not as deep, but, I mean, Red Bud, dude, I don't know. Yeah. It's really hard to think that it's going to be any better. God, isn't it just weird to think, like, if he's got this bad a tendonitis right now, like, what's he going to do when they get that figured out? I think he just, he said it a million times, and we've talked about it. He needs to make it through the year. Yeah. I think he needs to make it through the year more mentally than he does, which is a weird thing to say about Kenny, because I think we all kind of agree, maybe next to Jeffrey Hurlings, he's the most mentally strong dude in the world riding a dirt bike. Yeah. That just doesn't get shook, especially after last year's injury. But I think it's a mental thing, because I think that, you know, he's going to get word to the point that if he get, if, God forbid, he got injured again, that he's thinking... Like, it's a canard situation. Maybe I'm just not meant to do this yeah. anymore. Like, I can't do it, you know? So I don't think for his body, because I think that he's rebounded well, but I think mentally, even, and I said this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it, even if he doesn't win a moto this year, I, I think that that means he's not 100%. It's not a big deal. I mean, you got to think, if he gets in the top three in points, that's a win. Yep. Considering you haven't raced a full season in almost a year and a half, and you almost lost your damn arm. Yep. So it's like, if, okay, yeah, it would suck because we're big Kenny fans and stuff, but it really would it really be the worst thing in the world if he didn't win a moto this year? I mean, you know it's no. not going to affect him confidence-wise from where he thinks he's at, but I don't know, man. I think the more and more... If, I'll say the same thing I said about Marv. If we get to uh, pass Millville, because he's also really good at Millville, I mean, we saw what he did in 16 yeah. when he just made everybody look dumb in a lap, like past like 25 dudes in a lap. If we get to Millville and he hasn't won a moto yet, I'm going to have to believe that he doesn't win a moto th that this year. Could be. I'll just yeah. I'll give him three rounds. I'll give yeah. him three rounds, and then I'll think that if he hasn't won a moto by then, he's not going to win one. But, dude, you look at Eli, or you look, yeah, you look at Eli and Marv, and just right now they're on a completely different level. Yep. And I'm not saying Marv's going to win the championship like it would take a catastrophic failure at this point, but come on, we both got to admit it's a little bit surprising that Marv is doing what he's doing these last four motos. Yep. Considering how the first six went. Yep. Um. So I mean. And I don't know about Baggett. I really don't know what you can say at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's a real conundrum wrapped in a riddle right now of, like, what the hell is And really it's not going to be at Southwick. No, no, it's not going to get better at Southwick. Probably won't get better at Redbud. I mean, and really, Baggett's not one of those dudes that has, like... Why is that blinking like that? Because it's about to switch over to the next 12-minute thing. It's okay. fine. Okay. And, um... He's getting to where, you know, he doesn't have these tracks that he's super good at. I mean, mm -hmm. he's good at Redbud and stuff. We know that. But, I mean, I don't know, man. And I'm almost thinking that I don't even know, even as good as Barsha rode yesterday, I don't even know if he's going to get a win. Like, maybe Red Butt. Yeah. And maybe, maybe Unadilla. You know, and he's really good at, he's really good at Southwick. He's not on Tomac's level, but he's good there because he's a sand guy. But, I mean, man, you might be just looking at something where maybe a Marvin Eli are the only ones that win races this year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, we talked about that. Yes, it could definitely be a thing of, like, maybe they are. Maybe that's a maybe that's a thing. And I'm and and can and do we really believe that even with the way Anderson wrote at Glen Helen that had he been healthy that he would have won a moto by now? I mean, maybe. Yeah. He won a moto at Muddy Creek, but I mean I just I don't know, man. This this year was looking and it still can be a great year, because now at least we're somebody's beating and and why did even said in the in the show yesterday, I think it was the first moto. Look, Eli's won every overall and he's only lost two motos up until this point. But he's had to battle for 20 minutes at every one of them, yep. other than that, those two motors at high point. So it's not like he's just getting a start and doing what Stu and Carmichael did and just annihilating everybody right off the jump. Because really, if you look at it, okay, he's winning most of these motos, the ones that he won, by eight seconds. Mm -hmm. Eight seconds really is not a lot on an outdoor track. No, it's not. not. Really. So it's not like he's, you know, go. I think we just look at it where his heaters are two seconds a lap faster. We're like, holy shit. Yep. But I mean, if you're looking at what Hurlings was doing over in the GPs when he was getting a start and winning motos by 30, like... Eight seconds isn't nothing. Like, I can literally, that's a long straightaway. I can see you down the start straight. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, he's obliterating everybody, but it's just, it's crazy because we thought this year was going to be so, so much parody. And really there has been because it's been crazy. But, I mean, if we get to the end of the year and we look back and like, oh, wow, Eli and Marv are the only one won, won, win motos, like, I'm sorry. I didn't see that coming. No. I really no. didn't. No, I thought Kenny would win one. Obviously, we thought Baggett would win one. You know, we, we, had, Marcia, we had expectations. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's move on from those guys. Uh, Justin Hill fit right in where I thought he was going to be in that range this week. 8-7 for 7th overall. Didn't blow the doors off anybody, 
looked okay. Well, but wasn't he didn't blow the doors off everybody, but he was the same speed as Baggett and Weston were. Yeah, well, he's solid, yeah. which is kind of you know. I mean, we've had this argument through the group chat of mm-hmm. you know, oh, Hill's so good, Hill's so, and I'm like, no, I don't think he is. And again, my not thinking he is is we'll call it an eight to fifteenth guy. Okay, is would be would but, be where I think he fits into the group, and then obviously breakout rides like last week when he finished fourth in the first moto. Okay, fine, but again, you look at it, Baggett's on the ground, Kenny's on the ground, but then on, I mean, he, all these guys are yeah. on the ground that he doesn't have to try to go through. But then he beats him again in the second moto, though. Well, yes, and then the second, and then he beat Bloss and Phil both motos yesterday, uh, or he beat Phil no. the second moto, yes. and Bloss both motos. Yes. Yes. So like. I understand what you're saying, but if you're saying that is okay, I, I gotta ask you a question then because we also talk about how depleted the 450 field is, and this is not gonna get into a huge discussion. But the comment that you just made about eight to fifteen is that not good in your opinion? Because like that's what's confusing to me, and I hear other people and and why and, I think okay, well what I think is that the expectations by people are higher than that, but for Supercross, okay. I mean, I, let's be honest. How many people have really said Justin Hill's an outdoor guy? No, I mean, nobody, even Mathis said that, hey, man, like, that shocked me. Yes. Because okay. he's not an outdoor guy. All right, all right, all right. So, yeah, so, so, yeah. So, I guess I think that's where he fits in outdoors. Indoors, he might be a little better like a... Uh, so, isn't that good, then? Like a 5 to, to 10 guy. If he's beating Phil and Bloss, isn't that pretty damn good, in your opinion, considering Bloss has been a top five guy a few times this year? It's okay. It's not bad. He's, I mean, because that, that's where I think that we get... I it's get, better than what he was doing on a 250. I'll put it that way. Okay. So then you think about all these guys that are hurt. Like, would they really be beat? Because, like I said, he kept Weston and Baggett in sight that whole entire motor yesterday. Would they be beating him? Seely? Yes. No. No. You don't think the way Seely rode last year? No, because him? I think Seely had lucky because last year was even more worse than this year as far as guys being healthy. JG was hurt. Kenny was hurt. Baggett was hurt. Baggett wasn't even riding to full potential. Dino, I mean, Dino and Weston were the only ones that was really surprising to me that he beat a few times. But no, if you look back on it, Cole did well because a lot of guys were up and down. I mean, Bogle was consistent two races the whole entire year last year. Cooper Webb, good God, Cooper had, what, one good weekend last year? I mean, I get what you're saying. Cole did a lot better than I thought, but we got to look back on some of those races and think about, yeah, man, like he only did well because of the fact of who he was racing. I mean, most of the time, he didn't even, he wasn't beating Weston and Dino. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, I get what you're saying and stuff, but I think that, I think it's, there's a little bit too much expectation. I think the fact that Hill's even in the top 10 right now is impressive to me considering he's not an outdoor guy. Okay. I mean, if you're being, so, because. I I don't want to dive too deep into this because I don't want to go too long on this section for 450s here, but uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in my mind, where he finished yesterday going 8-7 for 7th overall, is right in where I think he should be with, again, some breakout rides because obviously the field's depleted. You get stuff like last week where people stacked up to the first corner and he gets through that. Then, yeah, then he can crack the top five, I think. But I don't I don't think on a normal week outdoors here, when everybody makes it through the first corner and is riding even okay, I don't think he cracks the top five. Okay. I'm just, I don't. I'm just saying that second moto, he was right with Baggett and, and Weston all the way to the finish. And they were set 5-6. Yeah. Like, if Baggett was going out there beating him by 25 seconds, this conversation I wouldn't have any ground to stand on. But I think the fact that he's keeping Baggett within sight, and hell, he went back after Baggett and Weston when he closed the gap on him, and then I think he just ran out of time, and, you know, he was racing with Eli for a few sections. I think that that's just, I think that that deserves a little bit more credit. Now, if he was getting, like, 10 to 15, then this conversation would be completely different. But I'm sorry, man. He's beating Phil and Bloss, and we all thought that, oh, my God, Phil on a factory ride, like, we know who Phil is, but with how he did... Well, this proves my point that Phil is not as good as everybody thought, and it, Phil, and it proves that that year he got fifth overall was because he got straight lucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hill has been better than Phil three out of these last four motos and completely annihilated him. So if we're saying that Hill is okay, then that means Phil sucks. Phil's just not good. Phil. But Phil is not, doesn't suck, though. That's the thing. I think that's the. I think that's just the biggest thing that I, I think try we to, need to come up with. A like, if they're ten plus, like they're good, and if they're at, uh, lower than ten, they suck. Because I think we just. I think our biggest problem. We gotta is, draw lines in the sand. Is what we have to well, do. Well, it there. goes back to my comment: perception versus reality. Yeah. It's all think. Well, what do you think he's gonna finish? But then, what are you realistic? Because I mean, Cooper, what? Bogo's supposed to be back at Redbud or this weekend at Southwick, and yeah. Coop's gonna be back. 
what happens if the race is that Hill finishes out? Because I have to imagine if Hill keeps doing good, especially if we go to Southwick and he does, does good, he's going to stay on the bike for the rest of the year. Uh, you would think so. Okay. So if he goes out and beats Webb and Bogle, and when JG finally decides to come back, like... JG's not coming back. Well, he's probably going to come back, but it's going to be for, like, two rounds. But my point is, if he beats Bogle and Webb, then I I think we got to start, like, thinking anybody that doubts him, like, that's just Hill's just this is good on a 450. Because then what are we going to say? Well, blah, blah, blah. like, we can always, we can always say so many dudes are bad before we yes. start, like, running out of shit to say. I guess. Is my point. Let's just get farther. This is like the Barsha argument at the beginning of the year. Well, Barsha's just, some more. Barsha's just clearing that that was pr- completely wrong. And Let's just is. get some more data under the fucking belt here before we really start jumping to conclusions. One last thing to touch on. Jacob Hayes, 16-12 for 11th overall. Not bad on a, basically, stock Phone 450. stock, KX 450. Mm-hmm. Let Eli buy as a tryout here for the Kawasaki group. So he is—he's a better 250 guy. Who? Where do you think he lands for next year? For Supercross? Yep. Well, it all depends on if he's gonna try to ride 250 because he says he has because he thinks he can be a top, top five guy yep. in 250 Supercross or 450s. I think if it's a 450, he's got. The, the, all the good teams are filled up. Yeah, I mean he's, he's, not, he's not landing. Even if he's better than, which I think he is better than some of the guys that have rides on in Supercross. Yep. he's not going to get a ride because they're all con- everybody's got a contract. Two fifties. I mean, there's going to be a ride up at Pro Circuit. There's going to be a ride with Savachi moving on, and who knows what's going to happen with Martin. I have to believe that Mitch has got to be looking at Jacob Hayes, and this is going to be like a Bauer situation. You would think so. We're going to give him a tryout, and if it's worth it, because. You know I do not like Jacob Hayes, but I gotta give him the man. I gotta give the kid due. He finally broke out, won a championship. He probably should have had three by now in arena cross, but he let his emotions get the best of him. He's, I mean, dude, the kid's the real deal indoors. Outdoors, it's been a long time, but he is a technically sound dude, and I don't know if I disagree with him. I think on a factory 250 and a full season prep for Supercross. Why not can't he finish top five in Supercross? I mean, he's good. He is good. So I have to think that either Pro Circuit is going to be looking at him heavy or he's going to stay in state and go to JGR because he's from Carolina. I'd like to see it because I really like to see what he would do. I do too. Because if he goes in... We're going to. There's no doubt about it. We're going to see it. Well, you're going to see him, Jason, somewhere. Yeah. Yep, you're going to so. see him, Jay Soe, and Chris Blows. They're all going to have rides. And if he goes out and gets top fives, and hey, if he's actually battling for podiums, then everybody was missing out for all those years. Yep. So, All right, cool. Well, that's enough 450 talk. Let's move on to 250s here and talk about shitting on Shane. Mm, I guess depressing. That too. Would you like to shed a little tear before we get started, or... So if anybody doesn't know, uh, J-Mart was in a very gnarly crash yesterday with Justin Cooper where he ragdolled himself into the middle of the earth. Um, um, out of the middle of the air. But uh, if anybody doesn't know, he... When he first went down and they panned to him and stuff, and this is coming from somebody, I know what it's like to have back injuries. It ended me, you know, it ended my riding career. Um... Seeing him sitting there and writhing in pain but not moving his legs, like, really, like, when you see that kind of stuff, even if you're not a fan of the rider, if you ride motocross, we're all family at some point. We're all family connected just because of the fact of how close we are. It's not a good thing. And then come to find out that he was moving his legs, and then the press release came out last night that he has a burst bursted L1 fracture, which... For anybody that doesn't know, uh, is either going to go one of two ways. Either you can walk and you'd end up being fine, or you're paralyzed. Well, obviously, we know that J-Mart is not paralyzed, but a burst out one fracture, guys, is not a good thing because it can have severe neurological damage. So we're not going to jump to conclusions because we don't do that on the show, but uh, it's it's going to be a long road to cover for J-Mart. Like, he, he's done. He's done this year. Because even if you're fine, a burst out one fracture is usually... The I, last update I saw, they said two months. Two months? Yeah, they said he. They said it was going to be... The surgeon was super positive on it, and it would be a two-month recovery period. Well, that was the last thing I read okay. on Instagram this morning. Okay, well, then that's definitely a lot better than most of the time because most of the time a burst out one fracture puts you out for 10 months. So if, if he is that, then that's good. That's great. But J-Mart's done for this year. Like, he's yep. he's not. He's not. So uh, his, cha- he's, his championship hopes are over with, but that's the least of the worries. So AP is going to win this title probably. 
Uh, Maybe, depending on how it goes. He might crash and break a femur or something and uh, yeah. keep passing this on until the last round. Like but I said to you, you know, we can get to the point that he just, AP gets hurt and Justin Cooper wins his championship. God, that would be fucked up. I know, right? Real fucked up if we get three dudes just straight out. Dude, this new fifty class has been wild. Uh, we said coming Super into this year, wild. we said coming into this year, this might be one of the deepest two fifty classes ever. But I mean, good God, like, well, let's just read these results. So Shane go, Shane wins with a three two scores. Dylan Fernandez finishes second with an eleven one. Sexton's third with an eight four. Uh, Alex Martin is fourth with a twelve three. Smith is fifth with a seven six. Savachi sixth with a six seven. And then you go down here to Jeremy Martin, ninth with a 140. <laughs> Justin Cooper, 10th with a 228. He pulled out of the moto for a little bit, actually, so that's pretty crazy that he even made it up 28th. Yeah. Because I think he pulled off for like a lap. This was wild. Yeah, well, when they're sitting there and they're making a comment about Amart leading, like, could he really win this overall with a 12-1? Yes. You know, because you've seen this crazy stuff like that, and GL even alluded to it in mud races and stuff, but not not, not situations like this. regular races, no. no. And, I mean, when all of a sudden did Amart, arguably the most consistent dude in the class, just become... Mr. Crash yeah, a lot? Inability he hanging out. He's hanging out with Savachi. Dude, he's, he's even worse than Joey right now because at least when Joey crashes, you know, it's literally like one race and then you get a couple races and then he makes a bonehead move. Amar's crashed four motos in a row right now, leading, leading at some point. And he's still way ahead of Joey in the points. Well, yeah, he is. He's, he's ahead of everybody in the points. Sabachi's trying to get rid of his 450 ride before he even gets it. No, I think that Joey's just, uh, he's over it. I think he, I really do. I think he's over this 250 thing. Great. Can't wait to see him on a 450 next year. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we just got done talking about a guy on a 450 that proved that, you know, oh, when I'm done with a 250 here shit. Here we go. Well, I mean, what? Here we go. What? I mean, he it's... He ain't Hill, bro. No, he's better than Hill. Sure. Well, he is. I mean, I don't know where you would think that he isn't better than Hill. Yeah, Hill got Hill's, a championship. Hill's got a title. Okay. And here Joe, we go. And Joey's pretty much beat him every time they've raced each other. Except for a title. He never raced him for a title in, in Supercross. They've never they've never raced against each other. Like, that year that Hill won the title, they didn't race each other. Remember, Joey was on the East. And then every year before that, Joey beat him every year in the points. Hill's got a title. So? I just talked a bunch of shit about Hill, and now I'm going to defend him because I hate Joey worse than I hate Hill. So this is going to be great. Well, I mean, you know, your boy Zacho's not racing, so, you know, he's beating Zacho. Neither's your boy J-Mart. Well, yeah. He just, you know, might have ended his career, possibly. Mine fucked his shoulder. Or, actually, Sabachi fucked his shoulder. Sabachi did not screw his shoulder. You need to go back and rewatch that. All right. Well, yeah. whatever, man. It's kind of like Tomita Bonsai in the first corner last week. Dumbass. Dude, <sighs> when you're going into a first turn with 40 gnarly dudes, like, it happened, man. Phil needs to get over it. People just, what? Phil's never fucked up anybody? Phil's never... Dude, Phil, Phil ran over a cam cameraman. Phil almost took a cameraman's head off four years ago at High Point. Look, Phil's going to see this, and in practice at Redbud, is going to come by the fence and throat slit gesture you because he hates you. I'll beat Phil's ass. Phil, did you hear that, buddy? <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I have... Oh, my God. This footage is going to be great of hit Phil just jumping over the fence... Like What's Phil gonna do with a helmet on, bro? Who fights with a helmet on? You ever try to fight somebody? Your you ever, buddy, you ever try to fight somebody with a helmet on? Yeah. Like not, not a hockey helmet, a full faced helmet. Yeah. A dirt bike a, helmet. It's a great idea. No, it's not. Yes, you got it no is. vision, dude. I take that helmet, go like this. You can't see. Phil's Phil's gonna straight just Phil talks a, you. Phil talks a lot. Phil talks a lot, but has never gotten a fight in his life. Just ride. Just like just like he just was talking. Jump over the fence. All we're gonna see is a factory. 450 Husky flipping through the air and Phil just over the fence at you and I'm getting it all on video. I don't think I don't think Jay I don't think Jay Bone wants his ride. Oh yeah, he's not even a JGR anymore. I don't think Bobby Hewitt's gonna want one of his riders attacking a fan. It's not gonna look good for Husky. I know, but And it'll be great for me because then I get a bunch of money. And I'd beat Phil's ass. Oh boy, here we go. Well, you know, you went down a road that I didn't want to go on, but... All I mean, right, you know. you know what? Let's just get back to shitting on Shane. Here. Okay, Damn. anyways. 250 class. So uh, Shane goes 3-2 for the overall. Yes. Good for you, Shane. Good for you. It's whoa. about time you did something outdoors here. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. You got a lot He's of... been having a rough year. You Don't got a, you got a lot of... You know, he's had having a rough year in motocross. Yeah. He had a good year in Supercross. Well, I had an okay year in Supercross. <sighs> How many races did he win in Supercross? 
How many did he win in Supercross? Two? Three? Two? I think he won two. Did he win two? I don't know. I don't remember either. Supercross is so up. long ago. Not I think he won two, up. maybe. Anyways, uh, dude. He's, he's been having a rough year in motocross. He finally did something that's great. Maybe mm-hmm. this will pick it up, and he'll come close to AP. I don't know. How much? No, man. He's too far out. He's not even top five in points. Oh, never mind then. It well, goes, it goes, AP, J-Mar, Amar, Cooper, and then Forkner. I think Mikel Rath's like seventh. Because I think Sabachi's sixth. Hmm. Is Sabachi sixth? I don't know. I don't know. Which at this point, I really don't even care. And I mean, maybe, you know, at this point, I don't care. Maybe Joey does what he does last year and just goes off and starts winning at Millville. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter at this point. 250 career's over with after this year, and I really don't think he cares. Um, yeah, I don't know. Last, yesterday, well, you know what? It makes me look good on my Frenchie talk, though, at the in the preview show. Yeah, because he was close and won that second moto and almost had the overall. Almost. Which is really, which once again shows how terrible Buddy Creek is because he was like hovering in 16th yeah. for like four laps and then goes to what do you get, 11th? Or 11th. 11th the first moto and then he rips a holy and you know. Because that first moto was a snoozer. Yeah, well, I mean, like, J. Mart ripped the start. I didn't sleep through it because I was doing other stuff, but I would have slept through it. Yeah, well, I mean, J. Mart ripped the start just, I mean, after Amar went No one just, made any passes. It wasn't just J. Mart ripped the start. There was no passing. It was well, like matter. I said, it shows how shitty that track was. Yes, it was. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This. When JMR out, this is, I mean, AP's got, what, 30 on Alex? I think he's got 30 points on Alex. 30, no. No. Oh, I don't know what he's got on Alex, because he's only got, he's got 23. JMR's still second. Yeah. And he only only picked up three points, but I don't know. I think he's got 30. Okay, let's just say he's got 30 on Alex. It's more than 25, I know that. So let's just say 30. He's 30 on Alex. Um, Dude, I don't know. Like, because... I picked AP as a guy that was going to be competing for this championship and obviously now with the misfortune of other guys and stuff. But it's weird because AP is doing something that, like, Tomac did a couple years ago where he gets a start in gaps. If he gets a shitty start and he can't make something happen on a, you know, when he's closing on a guy in a matter of a lap, he just gets sucked into that pace and then he just goes nowhere. But, like, think about it. Three out of the four motos that AP has won this year, he's ripped a start and just yarded everyone. Yep. So it's like... Which I thought was going to happen first moto yesterday until he tucked the front end. I almost think had he got the start, he might. I don't know if Jamar wins that first moto as AP gets the start. I don't know either. If JP does not knife the front end and that left hand after the finish, maybe Jamar doesn't even win that first moto. Nope. So it's like, where do you go with that? I mean, AP's got a huge gap, and you almost think that even with the way he's riding, that he's going to get more wins because he's going to get starts at some point, which another thing apparently he's worked on. So it's like... You can't say that he's going to lose. I mean, Amar can't stay together for a moto. Cooper has great first motos and then zaps himself for the second moto. Yep. Forgner, I mean, dude, Forgner was good one moto and then asked the second moto. Yep. So it's like, what? What? I don't even know how it's conceivable to think that AP can throw this title away. Unless he get some stupid crap that happened with Jmart and Zacho or a bite grenade. Yeah. Which, the last time he, a star Yamaha grenaded was a long time ago. So do you think that Sexton takes this third overall and builds the confidence and going forward with it? Or does he just go, well, I got third overall, luckily, with an 8-4, so... Mm, I don't know, man. Like, dude, Chase has been a real disappointment. I know, disappointment to me. I know we're only five rounds in, but, man, they were talking about it yesterday. Like, he was just building at the end of last year, especially Crawfordsville, you know, until he got taken out by the lapper. But, I mean, he's had two good motos this year. He had that second moto mm-hmm. and then the fifth at Hangtown, the second moto. So it's like... I, I think the biggest thing is, and it kind of, sh- and I don't want to be disrespectful to Justin Cooper because he's definitely doing something that I don't think anybody really thought, other than people close to him. But I think the biggest thing with Cooper is he's getting starts. Dude, you like, want to know what's funny is in recording the podcast here, I've had to listen to all of our shows, and in our 250 preview show, we made so much fun of him mm-hmm. in in the preview show because we were like. Oh, he's so fast in the practice track, bro. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Stop watching nationals. He's going to be so fast. And then here he is. He's, like, practically been the fastest qualifier at every single but, race and whole shot think, at six of them. And but think about how his second motos have been comparative to his first Absolutely motos. shit. That's what I mean. Like, he's been good, but, dude, his second motos have been nowhere near his first motos. And I just think it's the biggest thing, like, because he, he gets starts. Give me a moat, and I know that, yeah, man, you get a start, like, can't take that away from somebody because we say it about a lot of dudes. If they get a start, they can win. But give me a moto where Justin Cooper does not get a start and see where he finishes. Mm-hmm. Tell him, see if he gets a 10th place start and see where he ends up. Because I'm going to tell you what, I don't think he cracks the top five. Because I just don't where think did his... He start, where did he start yesterday? Because he didn't have great starts Dude, yesterday. Dude, he was in fourth by the end of the first lap, I'm pretty sure. 
Man. Well, because the finish is early for Muddy Creek. He was in the fourth at the end of that, like, original lap. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm i not trying to downplay anything Cooper's doing. Like, dude, he's fourth in the points right now, and he's earned it. But if you I look at his results. He's gone, overall, he's gone 5, 6, 3, 3, 10. Yeah. Overall. So, so that's you, and good. that's great. But what I'm saying is, is I think that's a big thing. Like, okay, JT Muddy, JT was talking about this a while ago, like talking about because they were looking at Cooper and then what Sexton was doing, what March Banks was doing, and, and Moseman and all them. Dude, I'm here to tell you, I think if Mike Moseman gets a top 10 start, like he finishes in the top 10. But his starts have been shit. There's so many dudes that have not gotten a top five yet this year that have they get a start, they, can, they have the speed and the endurance to run up there. I mean, look at Cameron McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Dude, he finally got a... I'm pretty sure he got a start for the first time since he's been a pro, and he got ninth, and he was running sixth for a good 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, getting a start in the 250 class is... Te- because it's so deep and everybody's so stacked up, it's not like the 450 class. If you're clearing away faster than everybody, you can make moves right away if you're aggressive. I just want to see what happens when Cooper doesn't get a start because then I can think we would really see what he's made of. But, dude, getting a clear track, everybody knows. Like, hey, man, you can ride your own race. And I know that's a cliche saying, but it's true. When you're out front with the top dudes and then you have somebody to pace off of and, like, really the smooth lines instead of just everything herky-jerky and just really being impatient and forcing it, like, I just, I don't know. Uh, You know, and now we're going to a track this weekend at Southwick that I don't think Justin Cooper rode a lot of sand growing up. So we're really going to find out what he's made of because I looked at the forecast and it's supposed to be, like, 100 degrees there this weekend. Perfect. Let's do it. So, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful of Justin Cooper because he is doing... Clearing away better than I ever would have expected. But I think the big thing is because the kid's getting starts. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't get a start, man, I'm not so sure he does that well. I don't know now, though, because he's got so much confidence because he has got the starts and he's run up front, so he's had the experience of it. I mean... But he's never had to work his way through the pack. I guess. But he... I don't know, man. I don't know. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I I get it. And I I don't... Like I said, I don't want to make it seem like I'm downplaying what he's doing, but... Get, see what happens if he gets an outside the top 10 start and see how far he really goes. Oh, we'll find out. Because I'm sure it's going to happen. So. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just that kid, his form is perfect. His, his technique, everything is perfect. His shift points, you know, his reaction time is great. That bike is obviously a rocket ship. But, I mean, at this point, like, what can we really expect? I don't, like, what are we really expecting moving forward? Because now it's crazy to think we're already in the halfway point this coming weekend. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Are, are we are we both just saying that unless a catastrophic failure happens, that AP wins this title? Pretty much, yeah. At this point, yep. So what I'm curious, though, is how many more wins he gets this year. Because I'm going to tell you right now, with Jamar out, if he gets a start, th- nobody's going to touch him. No. But, yeah. No, I, mean, I, don't, we, I don't see any reason why he doesn't win this title other than a catastrophic failure and injury. Could we be point. seeing a situation where, especially, and I know that none of these guys want to win championships this way. You know, Jamar said it. He wanted to raise Zacho the whole entire year. And then now with him out, he goes, well, you know, it is what it is. And then, you know, AP's going to say the same thing. He goes, well, I don't want to see, I didn't want to see Zacho go out. And I don't want to see Jamar go out because it's now it's just kind of like, oh, hey, you're giving the title. But are we going to see a situation now where with AP that every time he gets a start, I mean, he's putting 20 seconds on these dudes? Because I don't know with Jamar gone if there's anybody that. Okay, think about it. Maybe. With Jamar gone, who really in that class can match AP's outright speed in a moto? We know that Cooper's fast in practice. Yeah. But Justin Cooper is not as fast as AP in a, like, a clear, just duke it out who's good over 35 minutes. Amar can't put it together. The only one I'm looking at right now is Frenchie, dude. And I know that Frenchie is way back in points. Yeah. Frenchie could. I think Amar could. Really? Can Amart really do it, though? Think about it, dude. He has not been able to stay on two wheels four motors in a row. Well, that's a thing, too. You don't think Fortner can match him speed-wise in a, in a moto here and there? Dude, he's I mean, obliterated The Fortner. thing is, is we have so many names here that it's like, okay, in a s- certain moto, can they mm-hmm. match him? Yes. That it's like, well, if they all have their certain moto on their certain day, like, yeah, he's still going to get a lot of wins, but... Millville might be the only one with Amart. It really would be. Millville yeah. might, might literally be the only one with Amar because he's actually even better than Jeremy is at, at Millville. Other than that, I mean, dude, I'm looking at it going with J- with Jamar being gone. Who really can match AP if AP gets a start? Because we knew that Jamar could run him down because of speed wise, and we knew what Zacho could do. So this that's that's boring the rest of the year. Well, I think that it's only going to be boring if AP rips a start. But if he comes through the pack, then we're going to see a fight. But I'm serious, dude. I'm looking at this. I'm not trying to disrespect everybody else, but I'm looking at this right now. If Frenchie has already won a moto, you can say, yes, Amart threw it away, but we don't know what would have happened because there was still, like, four laps to go. And as good as he did at high point... Ooh, we're about to run out of battery. We are. Uh, 
Frenchie is going to be the only one, in my opinion, that I think he can really match Frendus or match AP speed. Because you got to think that he's only going to get better. And if he's this good right now, mm -hmm. like he might be the only one that beats AP for the rest of the year when they, you know, when AP gets a start. Because I, I, I just don't have faith in anybody else in, in the class. Like who can really beat AP? I just don't. I don't think I don't think Amar can do it. I really don't. I don't think he can do it. Other than yeah. Other. Can't get boring. This could get really boring. I think it's going to be boring if AP gets starts. It's going to. If AP's buried, I think we're in for great racing for the rest of the year. I'm done. That's it. Wrap it up. <laughs> See y'all at Monster Cup. But, uh, all right, so predictions for the wick. Wait, hold on. Let's change the battery before okay. we predict stuff. All right. Because we're going to get into something guaranteed. Yep. yep. Okay. Okay, fresh battery. Let's talk predictions for... The wick. The wick. The wick, which, like I said, if it gets to 100 degrees, oh, my God, those boys are going to be hurting. Tomac wins both motos by 25-plus seconds. Oh, damn. I wasn't going to go that far. Jesus. Okay, so where are you going to go with it? Well, who's your 250 winner? I don't know. <laughs> waffle, 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 waffle. I don't, I don't. <sighs> you got to pick Frenchie, dude. You really do. Think yeah, about it. Think get, about it. Yeah, yeah. He dominated yeah. last year other than that second moto with Zacco. Yeah. And they went at it the whole entire race other than, like, the last two laps. Yeah. And I think that's only because Frenchie ran out of tear-offs. And Zacco was just smart enough not, like, he roll, he used roll-offs and laminates. Yep. you got to think. I mean, no disrespect to those other guys. Amar's pretty good in the sand. I think Shane's going to do really well because he's done there in the past when he hasn't ragged out himself into the ground. AP's not going to do good because he's just, dude, his start. He's too big. Yep. He's too big. I mean, Fortner's pretty good in the sand. He's done there. He's done well there the first two years or the first year he went. I mean, he led Cooper what, Cooper for like 15 minutes his first year. But I mean, you got you got to think French is going to win. I mean, dude, he annihilated everybody other than Zacco there last year. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah I obviously, I think French, I think French wins both motos. I really do. Unless he just is buried off the line. As for 450s, I think it's too easy to think that Eli is just going to dominate. I think that we're going to be in a situation where Eli knows he's, he's the best sand rider in the class. I mean, other than Hurlings and Cairoli, the best sand rider in the world, honestly. Um, I think it's too easy. I think he's done there, done well there the last two years. Um, I think that. He's going to get in a situation, and it's crazy to think that saying this, but I think he's almost going to get a little bit complacent, and I think that he's going to underestimate Marv. I think he's going to win. I think they split motos. I really do. Dude. I think it's hard to believe that because of how dominant he is there, but, I mean, think about it. That second moto last year until Marv hit the deck, Marv was giving Eli everything he had. And granted, he hit the deck yeah. because he was riding over his comfort limit, but he was giving him everything he had. Marv's not touching him. He did last year until he hit the ground. Marv's not touching him. Okay, how can you say that? How can you... Because Eli hasn't had any confidence breakers yet this year outdoors. Last year he had confidence breakers outdoors, okay? He had the... He had the not break, leading he up the south He had the break problem in Glen Helen. He wasn't doing well up until like the week before. But he had just come off winning at Redbud before the wick. Yeah, but now he's coming off. He's won eight out of ten motos. And okay. has been fairly dominant in most of those. As far as once he got by the guys, he broke them, mm -hmm. and he's at a track that he loved. This is like a this is like a hangtown for him, dude. There's just no way. There's no way. There, his confidence way too high. So you don't think Marv's confidence is high? No. How do you say that? He literally just won two out of the last four motos and pushed Eli to the. Honestly, I think that he second moto. Ride, he cannot ride sand as well as Eli. He can't. Plain and simple. He can't. I don't know. That's dude. like that's like putting him against Turlings and going, well, you know, he did fairly well. He won like four overalls, so he's got some confidence going in. No. Well, no. to put to put Eli and Hurlings in the same category as no. sand. Like, dude, no. Eli's good in the sand, Hurlings will would spank Eli on a real deep sand track. Yes. But but, but Eli is not Hurlings. Eli is beatable in the sand. He got beat last year in the sand at fucking WW Ranch. They split. Yeah, and what happened? He got spanked the second moto. But they split. And they got spanked the second moto. But he won the first one. Yeah, because Hurlings came from dead last. So? So he got won. spanked. So that's my point. He's not invincible in the sand. He's not like Hurlings when, if he is just clear, like going to a sand track, he's just clear cut. I think that ever... Eli wins by 25 seconds both motos. Nope. Mm -mm. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. The only way he wins 25 seconds both motos is if Marv is on the ground in the first turn. Oh, boy. Marv is way too hyped up. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to win one of the motos. What if Kenny wins by, like, 15 seconds? Kenny's not a good sand rider. Never mind. 
No, he's not a good sand runner. He's not. He's not. Well, especially with the tendonitis, dude. There's no way. I bet you see Kenny drop anchor 15 minutes in this weekend, especially if it's 100 degrees out. I hate to say that, but I really do. Yeah. Like he might not even get on the box this weekend. It really hurts my heart to say that. You. But no. Uh, I just I don't think so, man. I think Tomac wins the overall again because I think it's gonna be one of those situations where he goes like two one or he goes one and then three, but Marv has a bad moto. But I think Marv is just I think he's too I think he's too confident right now for Eli to beat him both motos by twenty five seconds. I hope if he doesn't get a start and he has to pass Marv, he does it just like he did last year, like I told you about in the Great Outdoors eleven. Whereas he passes him, it's the same corner that Matilda's is standing there. And as he passes Marv on the outside, just floating, he just looks over at Matilda like, what's up? Okay, so here's my question now that we talk, we talk about Eli, about how calculated he is. What happens if in the first moto, I guess it really doesn't matter, first or second moto, say Marv rips the whole shot and Eli gets a bad start. And now that he's he's got this newfound, well, hey, I don't have to win every moto. And say Marv's got... He's winning this weekend. What happens if it's the same thing as Muddy Creek? He's winning this weekend. You, uh, no, no, you can't say that because what happens if he just says, no, I don't need to go after it? No, he's not going to. Not at Southwick. That would be like at Hangtown if someone was beating him. Uh-uh. No, he's got so this. You, you he, had, he, has this, he has this newfound thing. You think his, his pride, pride gets is in the, way too So high. what happens if a pride gets in the way and he lets some dumb shit and he ragdolls himself into the ground? And I guess that's where we're at. It'll be just like old times with him. So that's my point. So you can't say one second that you think he's consistent and he's a new guy, but then you say in the next breath that his pride is not going to get the best well, of him. Well, look, we thought that Kenny was way more mature than what he actually was in, in Supercross, too, but we all saw what happened there. I just, I don't I don't understand your logic behind this. Like You, you don't understand my logic? Yeah. He's prideful to the point of at Southwick, that's my house. That's what he's saying. This so is then, my house. So then you're win. telling me that... You go to any other track on the circuit other than Hangtown or South Southwick, and he will back it down like we so saw. So you mean Muddy to tell Creek. me that him winning a moto just because he's good there is more important than winning a title? To him. Because if you really think about it, if you really dive deep I think in the moment, yes, yes it is. It's so, very much so. So it's more important than winning a title? Very much. And what, in, and, his, and, in his mind, in that moment, when you're in the middle of a race going, I ain't letting this asshole beat me, America, or as Barsha said, America, in the press conference yesterday, which we'll get into that in a second, I then I'm going to have yes. a real issue if he goes out there and does that and he really lets his pride and he ragdolls himself into the ground. But I don't think he ragdolls himself there. I don't, care, who, I don't care how good Eli is. Everybody hits the ground at some point because they're pushing over. Well, and look yes. at Hurlings. Yes. Okay, so yes. I don't care how good he is at Southwick. It's not like he's God there. When he is beatable. He can be beat at Southwick. He barely won there on a 250 other than, I think, in 2013. It's not like he's you know undefeated at Southwick. I'm going to tell you right now, if he literally goes out there and say he's in third and he gets in the second and Marv's 10 seconds up and you see Eli riding on the edge of where it looks like he shouldn't be and he hits the ground, I am going to go so deep. I'm just going to dive into calling him the biggest moron on the planet. Here's the thing, though. I don't think he has to ride I do. that far past his comfort I zone do. to beat these guys there. I do. I don't think he does. Okay. The second moto in 2016, Kenny kept it all the way down to the finish, and Marvin Telly crashed the second moto at last year at the Wick was with him right there until he hit the ground. But you said it yourself. Marv was way past his comfort zone. But it doesn't year. matter because... So if Marv's way past his comfort zone, was Kenny or was Eli riding right in his comfort zone? Yeah, because Eli the last riding... were the same as the first moto. So Eli was riding right in his comfort zone, and Marv had to push it that much farther beyond to try to beat him. Like, no, no. Okay. Wins okay. by 25 seconds both motors. No. He didn't no. even win by 25 seconds last year. He wins by 25 seconds both so motors. So why would he win by 25 if he didn't know last year the it's first moto? It's the moto. number I have in my head. Don't fucking argue with me. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's not going to happen. The only way it happens is, is if Marv dies in the first turn. So let's go back to this press conference here from Muddy Creek. Did you, you probably didn't watch no, it. No, I don't watch that show. So freaking the question of the week every week in the 450s is, so would you go to MX of Nations? Because Eli definitely has an answer to 6,700 times already. Well, you got to ask him because he bitched out last year. So they ask, and Eli's like, yeah, I say it every week, I would. And <laughs> then they go to Barsha, and Barsha just goes, America! Well, at this point... And Eli just starts dying of laughing, dude. It's fucking hilarious. Well, at this point, you're looking at it going, well, it's with J-Mart out, it's going to end up being, if anybody, unless anybody gets hurt, it's going to be Eli, Barsha, and AP. Yep. Like, I'm not taking Baggett. I wouldn't have even taken Baggett had he got second in the points. or even. You know what? Honestly, I don't even think I would take Baggett had he even won the 450 title. Because the last two times we sent him over there, he got lapped both times. 
And he was a defending champion both times he went there. Oh, boy. So, no. And at this yeah, like, well, of course. And, of course, Marv said, well, of course, I would love to. It is red, but yada, yada, yada. No, he would love to, but the French Federation. The French Federation isn't picking him, so whatever. Which is the dumbest thing ever, because, I mean. Super dumb. I just, no. And you know what? I actually, I I hope they keep asking Eli every time. Because I know they keep saying it. But he bitched out last year. He's going to go, man. It's, the monster it's at, at Red Bud. He's going to go. He's I not going to bitch out. I don't care. I think he he bitched out last year. Yeah, well, that was also going overseas. I don't care. Like, you go for your country. Zacho did it. Well, you do, but... Fuck, Cole Sealy went. I know. Thomas Covington went and wrote a 450. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. I'll just stand by that. Is I will never forgive Eli for that crap, and I think a lot of people won't either. Well, I'm sorry, but he's going to go this year, so... Well, he better, it. and he better, you know, get look forward to getting his ass handed to him. You know what? Why don't you just wear a Russian flag when we go then, and then I'm going to kick your ass for being a commie. I think Hurlings is going to beat him. He's from the Netherlands. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, man. Whatever you want to do. Well, you know, it's going to be great, because I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be talking all this shit to people like, yeah, I think Hurlings is going to win. But either way, I'm hedging my bet, because if Hurling wins, I look great, but then if he doesn't, I'm like, well, I'm American, so it's awesome, so I'm not wrong. Matt's gonna kick the shit out of you, dude. He's Matt's been hearing gonna, this. He's been Matt's hearing this for months. Kick the absolute shit out. Of we're gonna be in a group of people. We're gonna be talking, and I think the only other person that'll probably agree with me is Cole. Matt's gonna kick the shit. Cause Cole out of likes you. Marvin. Because Doctor E is gonna show the world. Yeah. How yeah. good he is here. Okay. Right. Right. What? what? Okay. So let's say that Hurlings continues to die. Let's make this quick here because we're going long on this show. Let's say Hurlings continues to dominate this year. Okay. In the GPs? In the GPs. Which I think other than this next weekend, he's probably going to. Yes. yes. We get to Disney Nations. Mm-hmm. Let's say Eli yards him. Yards him. By so not and not by a crash. Let's say they straight up start okay. battle and Eli yards him. Okay. Does that make Eli the best rider in the world? Yeah. Okay. Because I think Hurlings is the best rider in the world. Yes. So my question is, and then in flip reverse. If Harleys goes there and annihilates Eli, which I think he will, uh, is that a win for us? And I know that we've talked about this before, but say we even win the event, which I think most of us believe we're going to. Probably, yes. If, he w- if we win the event, but if Eli just completely gets obliterated, because right now Eli is our closest, is our best, he's our best guy. We know he is. He's our best yeah. American, straight up. If he just gets dominated, like, and I don't mean just like, hey, Hurlings beats him by like a few seconds. I mean, Hurling goes there because you know Hurlings is going to want to do the same thing. And he goes and he puts the beat down on Eli. Because the difference between Hurlings and Eli, Hurlings will ragdoll himself into the ground hard to win. Whereas Eli will be like, hey, no, I, this is too much. Yep. If Hurlings goes and wins by 20 seconds, is, is Red Blood quiet for the first time ever? Is every American there just kind of like with their heads? Ah, this is a serious question. Like, I'm not just joking around. I'm being utterly serious right now. probably take a gun. There's going to be fights. Like, do you really think that Red Bud, like the Americans, because obviously we're not going to be the only ones there, like every American is just completely silent? Because I'm sorry, I think it will taint the, the memory of that event, even if we win. If we get fucking yarded, dude, I'm sorry. I'm not happy about that. And I think it's going to happen. Like, really? Would you be happy? Hey, like, if we win the event, but if Eli goes and gets beat down... I'm not, I'm really not 100% convinced we're going to get yarded. I think that we're too good at that track, collectively, as a group here. No, 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 no. Well, Eli, just Eli. I, I don't think Eli gets yarded. But there. if he does, because we're playing oh, hypotheticals yeah. right now, are you happy? Uh, are you happy even if we win? No, well, yeah, because yeah, I'm just going to be the dumb, drunk American. Like, we still fucking won, Because I'm just looking at it going like, hey, we won... But it's also like, well, that just proved that we aren't the best in the world. And our guy, which you could say right now, Eli is our closest thing we've had since Ryan Villapoto. And before that, it was Stewart. And then before that, it was Carmichael. Like, closest thing to an unbeatable force. Yeah. And I think it'll even make... You know what? I almost think, and this is going to sound super dumb, and then we'll wrap this up. This is going to sound really bad. But say Eli continues to just keep winning. And Marv beats him a few more times. And maybe even gets an overall. But say, what? How many motos do we got left? Uh, 12? We got 12, right? Yeah, because it'll be the halfway mark this weekend. 14, 14, including this weekend. Yeah. So say Eli wins the rest of the overalls and he wins 12 out of the next 14. Okay? Okay. So he just, he goes undefeated in the far of overalls, but he wins 12. I think it'll almost make it look worse if Eli goes and gets dominated by Hurlings. Because then it's like, well, he literally is. Like, there's no question. We are the best dude. Now, if Mark continues to beat him, we're like, hey, nobody really saw it coming. But if Eli's just dominant... And then Hurley's comes over and just makes us look dumb. I think it'll be even worse. I really do. 
Not gonna be good. No, I'm, and you know what? I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little afraid that, that that's what's gonna happen, and it's gonna taint the memory of the greatest MX of nations ever. Because every American so fan is gonna be so pissed. So dope. Like I'm pretty sure windows are gonna get broken. I'm pretty excited for it. I am, and we get to do a whole show on it, but it'll be great. Live from the event. Oh, no, dude, we're not getting cell service down there. No, absolutely not. We're not getting any cell service. They're, like, literally going to turn on your phone and it's going to explode. Yes. So, anywho, all right, cool. So this has been another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show. Wrapping up, Muddy Creek National. And, yeah, we're past that shithole and we're on to Southwick. The Wick, baby! The Wick 388 here. So, uh, again, make sure to like, subscribe, comment. Um, There's all the links in the description below for everything. Thanks for tuning in. We will see everybody after the week next week.